Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RR Show, the best show on the internet. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I hope your weeks are going fantastic. If they are, keep on going. If not, it's hump day. It's the day to turn that shit around and get it on track so you have a fantastic week leading up to the weekend. Today, we are jumping into episode 221, and we're jumping into some nuclear revenge. Our first story today is from Odin the American. Revenge in the Army. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I was in the army and while away on a four-day pass, my barracks room was broken into and a significant amount of military equipment, helmet, backpacks, weapons, web, belt, ammo carriers, etc. was stolen. To the tune of approximately $800 in 1984 dollars. When I returned, there were tool marks on the locked room door, and it was clearly a break-in. I notified my platoon sergeant and first sergeant, and they said to call the military police. Then, the company commander-slash-commanding officer, who outranked us, called me and stated he didn't want the break-in being reported to the military police because then our company would show up in the higher-level division police, and this would make him, the company commander or CO, look bad. So he told me to do a report of survey, a form used to be reimbursed for lost equipment and I would have to pay for the stolen equipment, whose replacement costs were a month's pay. Well, I submitted the paperwork and without the police report, my request to be reimbursed was denied and I was told I would have to pay for all the stolen equipment. I was shocked because it was a lot of money and I was just about to leave the army to go back to college. I needed that money to survive. The CO told me, well, that was a tough break and there was nothing he could do to help me, even though it was his order I had followed. Well, turns out, just a week before we found out that Division would not replace my stolen equipment, I had led our company through a nuclear, biological and chemical weapons evaluation exercise. That was my specialty in the army. And the spineless CO sat out the exercise and just observed. This placed me in a leadership position to do his job, while a captain from our division HQ graded our actions. I was a junior sergeant who had to maneuver, lead, and direct the whole company of 120 men, including senior lieutenants, to a staging area five miles away through the security procedures to secure the decontamination site and then lead the cleaning of our men, tanks and equipment from the simulated chemical attack. I had never maneuvered an armored company before, but I did it. And the other sergeants and lieutenants in the unit were shocked that the CEO hadn't helped me during the exercise. The process went well, and at the end, a captain from division who was evaluating us congratulated me on doing a good job. In front of the company, this captain then explained our next steps we would do. He made a mistake and told the troops wrong information that in combat would get them killed. I was leaving the army, but 
I cared enough about my fellow soldiers to want them to be combat proficient. So politely and respectfully, I corrected what the captain had said. But he clearly resented me making him look silly. I guess he was embarrassed at a lower-ranking soldier correcting him, and that made him noticeably embarrassed. At the end of the debriefing, I was walking back to my armoured vehicle to radio our HQ that now we had completed our decontamination, a requirement for the exercise, and were operational again, and this captain followed me, away from the other soldiers. He asked me what I was going to do, and I told him I was about to make the radio call to HQ, and he told me that wouldn't be necessary. I could just tell him what I would say. I told him, and he told me our unit had passed the evaluation. Luckily for me, my first sergeant overheard him say this. Now, fast forward to where I find out that my equipment would not be replaced, and a couple of days later I was called into the CO's office with my first sergeant and told our company had flunked the training evaluation because I hadn't made that radio call. I was getting out of the army, so I didn't really care, but it was bad news for my CO. I was shocked because the other captain, who outranked me, told me not to make the radio call that our unit was decontaminated and operational again. Well, turns out the captain was immature and mad at me since I had embarrassed him in front of all the soldiers in my unit. I was still angry at the CO for ordering me not to call the police about my barracks room breaking and how he didn't care that I would now have to pay a lot of money to replace my stolen equipment. So I didn't defend myself or tell the CO what really happened with the evaluation or that captain. When I left the CO's office, the first sergeant told me he heard the other captain tell me not to make the radio call, but did not say anything. Our CO was a jerk who would get us all killed in a war and his unit flunking the evaluation made him look really bad, so he asked me to keep my mouth shut. A couple of weeks later, the CO was rude to a sick soldier in our unit while I was out processing to leave the army. Everyone hated him even more for this. So our supply sergeant, who was retiring from the army, after the CO signed for all the military equipment in the supply room, told me he couldn't believe the CO had screwed me over on my stolen equipment and that he would help me. So he handed me the keys to the supply room that the CO hadn't collected and told me to take whatever military equipment I would need to replace my stolen equipment since the CO was now responsible to replace everything in the supply room with his money. He also apologized that some of the replacement equipment I would need was not in the supply room, and he felt bad I would still have to pay a couple hundred dollars out of pocket to replace some of the stolen equipment. The supply sergeant also answered my questions about where all the backup training logs for our unit's weapons and physical training tests were kept. We were about to be inspected by higher headquarters, and these records were... Super important for the CO to pass the inspection and be promoted and not kicked out of the army. The day before I got out of the army with an honorable discharge, and just a couple days before this huge important inspection, it was discovered that the whole company's year's worth of training records and backup records and electronic records were missing or wiped clean. The CO had to explain this embarrassing situation to his bosses, who were not happy with him. This unit had already flunked the MBC evaluation, and now his unit had failed to properly maintain training records. Even worse, his unit's training budget was completely over budget with costs off the charts, and the division had to come up with a lot of money to cover the ammo costs to re-qualify the whole company on all our weapons, 
plus time from other duties to redo our physical tests, PT, running push-ups, etc. Just as bad, advanced training would have to be cancelled to redo all the basic weapons qualification training that had to be completed once again. There was no way the CO could avoid receiving a bad performance appraisal, which would end any chance of him getting promoted, thus effectively ending his military career. Meanwhile, my fellow soldiers loved it, because they liked to shoot machine guns, throw grenades, shoot cannons, etc. My last day in the army, at morning formation, as everyone was getting ready to do their makeup PT test and later all day doing makeup weapons qualifications for several more days, my awesome first sergeant told me that the disappearing records was the best ETS end-of-service prank he had ever seen. I, of course, replied that well, I didn't know what he was talking about. He laughed, winked, and told me I was a good soldier and that he would miss me. He then shook my hand and wished me well. I will not be satisfied in life until we find a story that involves a traffic warden and a tank. I want to see a traffic warden that tried to put a clamp on a tank. Our next story is from Demo the Wiz. Don't mess with southerners. So back when my great-great-grandfather was in his early 20s, he'd been very close with this one family. They were described to me as a family of swamp people, but Floridian. There was the grandfather, father, mother, uncle, two daughters, and three brothers that lived in this little trailer park in the woods. They kept to themselves and didn't bother anyone. Great-grandfather only knew them because he had met the youngest daughter while in school and were dating. He got a job from the grandfather and was kind of absorbed into the family. He worked in their bait shop with the uncle and life went on. Well, one day the eldest daughter went to a party some local boys were throwing and dragged her sister along. Great-grandfather and uncle were at the bait shop, mother and father were at home. No one knew where the three brothers were, and grandfather was on the couch napping his sixth beer away. During the party, the two sisters split apart and the younger one ended up getting pulled away by two guys. They did, you know what, and then ran when the older sister found them. News got back to the family quick, and as my friend put it, the brothers miraculously materialized and the old man rose. For the next week, the men of the family searched for those boys, and they found them. They weren't locals and were visiting family, but the men broke into their home, beat them up, tied them up, and took them deep into the glades. In the glades, grandfather handed great-grandfather a revolver and said, ah, She's your woman. So great-grandfather took the gun. He thought about just shooting them dead, then and there. But instead, shot them each in one leg and told them, If you find your way back, I guess I'll forgive you. Then they left. Those guys were never heard from again. Never came out of the glades and their truck was later sold to a neighbor by a family member. My friend told me he asked why his great-grandfather didn't just shoot them and he said, I wanted to see if God would forgive them, because I wouldn't. Personally, I interpreted that to mean God showed them mercy by letting them die in the swamp instead of at the hands of great-grandfather. Next story is from Death's Not Randy Marsh. Dude pays me in counterfeit currency. Immediately gets arrested. 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. Years ago, roughly 2010, when I was doing pizza delivery, I delivered on campus. Pretty standard procedure, call the customer and wait in the parking lot. But he comes down, hands me money, takes the pizza and walks away. Then he starts to run. I look in my hand and one of the $10 bills is ripped in half, and the 20 is horrible, horrible counterfeit. Dude's already back in his dorm, and it's pass activated, so I can't even get in. Then I remember I have his number in my phone from when I called him. So I call the store, tell them what happened, and they mark his number as a prank caller, so no more deliveries. Figured, eh? Ah, that's not good enough, I guess. Then, when I was leaving, I see campus security, talking to a police member. There was a check stop just before the entrance of the grounds. I stop, walk up, and give them the rundown of what happened. I give the counterfeit bill and the ripped bill to the officer, while the campus security dude is looking up the phone number in the student directory. Campus security finds out who it is, and off they go. Ten minutes later, Buddy's in the back of a police car with his dorm mate for theft under a thousand dollars because technically he didn't pay for the pizza. Possession of counterfeit currency, because of course he had more in his dorm. Possession of narcotics. Possession of controlled substance, Addies and Zannies, I believe. Possession with intent to sell. Possession of stolen property. And there was another charge that I can't remember. I guess he posted bail a couple of days later and came down to the pizza shop to have some words with me. But I wasn't working that night, so Buddy started thrashing the lobby and got arrested again for trespassing, criminal mischief, and vandalism. And they found a knife on him when they searched him as well, so there was a weapons charge too, but I think that one got dropped. I'm not sure what happened after the second arrest, as I was never called to testify in court, but I'm going to assume he took a plea deal. He most definitely got expelled from the university, though. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror 
bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.